By the time you hear this podcast, you'll be surprised at how powerful you'll feel when you're 33 years old. I hear something saying. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we are back with another episode. This is number 104. Nice. So we're out of sports numbers. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know any highway numbers outside of this state. So nah. at this point, I'm thinking of like marathon runners. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that'll be your you, you stick with that. And yeah. um, we'll go from there. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you, everyone who's listened and downloaded so far. I know it's been a while since we did a uh, an episode. But uh, it's been a whirlwind of a time for us. Yeah, yeah. As far as working and uh, other extracurricular activities. Yeah. It's kind of like in college where you don't think you have a lot of time. And you're like, man, I had so much time. And then, you know, we both look back to months ago. Like, man, we had so much time. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it goes sometimes, though. Yeah. um, I'm just glad to be able to, to get in here. And do this with you. This is a great experience. I like doing this. Yeah, man. Uh, I know we've off. We've been. Uh, I've been pretending to be a sports writer. And I wouldn't uh, say pretending. You, you. I've seen your interviews. I, I think you're doing good or well. I don't know which is the proper grammar, but I, you know, if you want to, if you want to tell the kids out there where to find you, I would definitely suggest you know telling them where to find you so they can hear some of, um, see some of your your locker room access stuff. It's pretty cool. Uh, well, I'll tell you right now, you can go to the three point conversion.com. Uh, also, the three point conversion on Facebook, and you can see uh, the many uh, videos and uh, articles and news updates um, from uh, covering sports around here in Atlanta. ATL, that's your Saturday morning show, right? Three point conversion? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, you guys can check it out there. Um, 
And uh, Ben is off planning a wedding. Yeah, that's one of the things I'm doing. I'm not even going to sit here and lie and say, though, that's what's taking up most of my time. <laughs> oh, I was trying to help yeah. you out. <laughs> yeah, the, it's, it's my, my two bands that I'm, I'm playing in. Three, technically, but the third one hasn't really gotten off the ground yet. But, you know, Vega Band, which I know you've met Alex because he's been on um, one of the shows here that you produce. So, yeah, 70s cover band. Then another rock band that I, uh, I play and sing in, and then it's supposed to be another band that someone asked me to do, but it hasn't really taken off yet, so I don't know what's up with that one, but um, going up into our show at the beginning of this month, we were doing two a weeks, and that was rough. <laughs> like Twice a week, having to drive up to Dunwoody, practice, um, and then, of course, having to go in earlier, trying to be in work at 8.30 was all. So, yeah. All right, so uh, Ben is... Uh... <clears throat> But now also I am planning, a, semi-planning a wedding. I still need to, there's some parts of that I need to get on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be married. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for everyone who wants to uh, listen to our podcast and tell somebody, well, if you have been listening, anyone, tell someone about it. Yes. Um, you can tell them you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Also our website, by the time you hear this.com. We're also on the gram <laughs> or IG, depending on how old you are. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, we're there on Instagram at by the time you hear this. Uh, now with the Facebook URL and the website spelled with the word U, Y-O-U. On Instagram, it is spelled with the letter U because we're urban. Yes. Yes. It's code for black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We're still okay saying that in 2019, people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that is also the same spelling for our email address. By the time you hear this at gmail.com, send us your comments, questions, concerns, show ideas. And if you're an independent artist, we'll play your music for absolutely free. Oh, yeah. And if you want to listen to us on the go, uh, you know, you're in your car, you can listen to us on your mobile device. Uh, but if you're at the job and you want to avoid that uh, annoying coworker <laughs> who wants to tell you how great Green Book was, even though you beg to differ, but you just don't feel like having this conversation right now, uh, you could uh, listen to us. If you have an iPhone, listen on the Apple Podcast app. If you have an Android, you can listen to on the Google Music app. That's where the podcasts are for that. And we're also on TuneIn Radio, CastBox, Overcast, Auto Radio, Satchel Podcast Player, uh, Play FM, other podcast aggregate apps. Mm -hmm. And if you want to search for us by uh, by topics or just search for podcast episodes by topic, you can go to listennotes.com. On our last episode, we uh, we had Matt on and we talked about the Fire Festival documentaries. So if you talk about if you search Fire Festival F Y R E Festival uh, on ListenNotes.com, uh, our episode should come up. Uh, I believe the episode was called. Uh, <laughs> I had put the private helicopter. Let me see what it was called. Um, I paid for yeah. I paid I for a private, private helicopter. helicopter. <laughs> Which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, you can listen. Um, you can well you can find uh podcast by topic on listennotes.com. 
All right, so let's get into some music news here. So our last episode was the day before the Grammys. It's day of the Grammys. Or day of the Grammys. Mm-hmm. The day of. It was a few hours before. Um, album of the year, Casey Musgraves, The Golden Hour. She has been featured on our Earworm of the Week uh, playlist. It was one of Ben's Earworms. Uh, High Horse was the song? Yeah, High Horse. Uh, so she won Album of the Year, Song of the Year, uh, and Record of the Year went to This Is America by Childish Gambino. Um, best New Artist went to Dua Lipa, uh, following the Alyssa, Caria, Alyssa Cara rules. Um, <laughs> uh, I think one of the most controversial wins of the night seemed to be Cardi B winning Best Rap Album. Yeah, I heard people talking about that for a minute. Uh, so some some people had an issue with that. Maybe it should have been Mac Miller. Maybe it should have been J. Cole if he was nominated. I can't remember. But uh, Cardi B wins Best Rap Album. She's the first female solo artist to win that award. Um, Long time coming, maybe? I don't know. She She had the wave. She definitely had the wave this year. Yeah? Yeah, she seemed unstoppable. Um, Anderson Pack who I saw in concert last week. Uh, he won Best Rap Performance for the song Bubbling from his new album. Uh, best Rap Song, I think, went to Drake. God's Plan, yeah. For God's Plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though, interesting enough, he was not nominated for Best Rap Album. Yeah. <laughs> but he was nominated for Album of the Year mm-hmm. for Scorpion. They cut him off, apparently, when he was talking, <laughs> trying to say that you don't need awards. To validate who you are. Yeah, he seemed to be criticizing the entire process, which is, uh, <clears throat> I guess, I don't think the the Academy wanted to hear that. No, nah, they didn't want to hear that. No. That's why they cut him off. <laughs> <laughs> you play him off. <laughs> so uh, did anything about the award ceremony kind of stand out to you as far as any anybody winning, anyone getting snubbed? Um, so I don't want to say it went chalk, so to speak, but very happy that Golden Hour won. Did not think it would. Um, but you know, every now and then the, the Academy gives you that album that you just didn't expect. This was the suburbs pick, basically. <laughs> no one really knew like who who's Arcade Fire. You know, same thing yeah. here. Um, I will say that this is America winning is starting to change the way I think of a, of an actual song. Um, happy the song won, but like you know the like it's 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 I think it's going to force the Academy now to really start to recognize that rap songs are songs and not just beats yeah. with people I mean, talking. It's It was recent that they added the best rap song category mm-hmm. as far as like the songwriter award in yeah. the category. Um, but uh, This America is the first rap song to win. I know it's the first one to win song of the year. I, be, I believe so. Yeah. And I think it's the... I think it's and I, it's the first one to win Song of the Year, and it's the first one to win Song and Record in the same year. What was the first Record of the Year? Was that Lose Yourself? I think it was Lose Yourself. Okay. Yeah. But I was very happy that that won, and I think it's going to it's going to change the Academy. I think this was one of those we'll look back and be like, this is kind of where it started. And I think they'll be more comfortable putting songs. Now, I think it's going to have to be a song like this where it has a message. Like, I don't think there's just going to be like, you know, I don't think we're going to just start seeing any rapper win this award. 
because also along with it, uh, it won best short form music video. Mm-hmm. So having that, um, in a way, that the music video kind of still matters. They made the music video kind of matter again. Yeah. Um, or at least you want to use the platform of the music video to um, to get people talking, to yeah. start the conversation. You know, I think the the music video helped the song become number one, and I think that the once you start breaking it down as far as all the stuff going on in the background, you're not just paying attention to the dancing, then you pay attention to the lyrics. So yeah. the, it, it's a it's a re-listenable, re-watchable oh, kind of project, and I think that ultimately uh, helped it. Uh, get the votes. So I don't know about you, but I know I listened to it at least three times the first time I saw the video and just did the some looking up. It was the first rap song to win either category. Okay. Yeah. So okay. watershed moment right here. Historical. Yeah. This An is historical gonna historical victory. Yeah, this is this is very cool. Um I still I still think that and this is just me in my pop head. I still think that the Academy is snubbing Ariana Grande from the major categories. They're giving her pop awards, uh, which to me kind of says how they feel about her music. I think she, I think Sweetener had every right to be in that album of the year category. I still would have given it to Golden Hour over that, but that was my. Did Sweetener meet the cutoff? Yeah, because it was nominated for um, Best Pop Vocal Album. It won Pop Vocal Album. She keeps winning these pop Grammys. <laughs> like, they don't want to give her, you know, they're like, uh, you know, I don't know if maybe they feel like it's just too empty. And it, I mean, it's good music is good music, you know, so. Um, yeah, so this is America. It won best, uh, one record of the year, of course, uh, song of the year. And it also won best rap song performance. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow it wasn't nominated for best rap song, but it won song of the year. <laughs> Maybe it didn't want to be too much of a of a childish Gambino kind of night. Yeah. Um, basically, like he he went a lot off of this one song. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, he didn't come out with an album. No. Um, I was the best oh. rap album. Uh, was that Cardi B? Of course, won. Yeah. Uh, some people thought it should have been Mac Miller because he's dead. I understand. Like, the Academy used to do that. It's got to be merits. <laughs> um, yeah. But the other nominees, Nipsey Hussle, Travis Scott, Pusha T. Um, a lot of people felt I've heard a lot of people say they felt it should have been Nipsey Hussle. Those are called backpackers. <laughs> or hipsters. I'm going to text Brian. There's a guy I work with who is just, he loves Nipsey Hussle. And all of those, all of all of those, um, God, that reminds me of the, the Ice Cube um, rap. We just fuck your backpacks and your whack ass raps when there is a diss song against the East Coast. And I'm like, wow, yeah, these are backpackers mm-hmm. <laughs> with their North Face jackets <laughs> and their Tims. Let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. If I had somebody mad at me. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, man. <clears throat> uh, some other notable wins. One I like to look at is the. Uh, the best uh, producer of the year, mm-hmm. which went to Pharrell. Um, he produced the Carter's Ape Shit. He produced Man of the Woods with J- Justin Timberlake. 
no one ever really dies with his own group, NERD. He produced Stir Fry, and he produced some stuff on Sweetener. Nice. He had a good year. <laughs> um, some of these other categories, I I would wonder, like, what does it take? What what does the Academy look for? I know I'm going off a little bit of a tangent here, but there's some of these categories. I'm like, are weird, are kind of weird because like it has nothing to do with music. Not so. I'm looking at which I'm happy it won a Grammy. I, I think it also should have been. Um, nominated in either the best rock album category or album of the year, engineered album Colors by Beck. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? <laughs> what is yeah? What does it mean to be to okay? If only the engineer did a good job. Yeah, no one else. What is it? What is it? The yeah. producer is all right, but that engineer. <laughs> yeah, what does that but mean? But also, best recording package. Yeah, that's that's one that kind of gets me too. And then there's also there there's best box or special limited edition package. So do you think that there are people who are like, all right, man, like we're gonna have this 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 thing. It's got like this metallic looking thing on it that's gonna pop out. We'll win the best packaging Grammy for sure. <laughs> like, is that what they're like? There's a one firm in Los Angeles is like, oh yeah, we've got like ten Grammys. We know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that may also include best album notes. Yeah, they're probably like. We specialize them, you know, like we have focus groups that let us know which words the Academy is looking for. <laughs> it's like, they're, they're really good. They're really good. Um, now, I don't know if this is a new category or not, but best music film. No, oh, this has been one. this has been being given out since 1984. But the best music film. Um, this was this was previously known as the best long form music video. OK. Didn't uh, Kanye West win that once with Runaway? Um, I feel like he did. Because it was a strange video. Um, no. He didn't? He didn't. It didn't even look like he was nominated. Oh, I thought it was. All right. Uh, but this is, uh, it, it's instead of the long form music video, um, this is more for a music-related film, basically. Okay. Uh, the documentaries must be music-related documentaries um, or concert performance films that are being consumed by the public for the first time. Uh, biopics mm-hmm. are not eligible. Mm. Uh, films with fictional elements are eligible, but... It has to be primarily um, biographical or nonfiction. And this past year, it was uh, Quincy. Okay. The Quincy Jones documentary. Um, that is a very odd. And last year, it was The Defiant Ones. The Defiant Ones. That's the one um, Dr. Dre and um, Jimmy Iovine? Yeah. Okay. Well, the, it went to the, it goes to the producers. Okay. Uh, which was Alan Hughes. Okay. Alan Hughes of the Hughes Brothers? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know they did work separately. (laughs) Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. uh, And I believe the uh, best, I believe uh, Dave Chappelle went back to back here. Oh, yeah. For Revelation and Equimity. Equimity or whatever you say. Equanimity. Equanimity. Yes, he won. Uh, yes, Equ- Equanimity and the Burr Revelation. Um, 
former president Jimmy Carter for best spoken word album. Represent for Georgia. Um, best compilation soundtrack for visual media. And maybe that's what it being in the top 10 of the charts for most of the year. Uh, the greatest showman soundtrack. Okay. <laughs> um, best song written for visual media was shallow um, from mm-hmm. a star is born. And best score soundtrack was black Panther for Ludwig Göransson. Uh, so he had a big night as well, winning yeah. three, um, three Grammys. Uh, so I was going to use that to kind of segue into the Oscars. Yeah, because he won for um, he won for best original score for Black mm-hmm. Panther. Um, and Shallow won for best original song. Yeah. Um. So you said there was no surprise there. No, I I fully expected Shallow to win. Uh, I did see the performance. I did not. <laughs> Was it Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper? Yeah. Okay. It was kind of because, like, because there was no host, you didn't how, know, how kind of know was what that? was happening. <laughs> so, like, I think they just presented a, a award that was just presented, and then you see this camera at, from on, they're on the stage, but they're like upstage, mm-hmm. and then you just see some people roll out this piano, uh, bring out these two mics. <laughs> And then you hear someone start playing shallow on the guitar. There's no one on the stage. And then all of a sudden, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga are sitting in the front row. They just, <laughs> they just get up and walk on the stage. Uh, they need a host. <laughs> I was like, and no one, no, and there was no like announcement like, and coming to, coming, the, stage. Coming to the stage, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Yay. It wasn't that. It was just like someone started playing the song and then they just walked on the stage. <laughs> Here's a piano. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Is that Bradley Cooper? No one told me. I don't know who that is. <laughs> That's weird. Okay, yeah, maybe they should get a host. I read that it was a little awkward. That sounds awkward. Uh, I think next year the host it should be Trevor Noah. I like Trevor Noah. Will they give it to him though? Look, they were willing to give it to, to Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I like, I think that's that's. A thought I think Trevor I Noah has has built the cachet mm-hmm. to uh, to be the, to be the host. I think he could do it. I was doubtful of him at first because I know John Stewart's shoes are really big to fill, and he came out of nowhere. He really did. Okay, so I was like, I didn't want to be that guy. I was like, I didn't know who he was, but because like stand up comedy in South America mm-hmm. is a really like small thing. Mm-hmm. It's like they made it seem like there are like seven stand-up comedians <laughs> in all of South Africa. Yeah. Um, he's good. He's clever. He seems to think yeah. on his feet well. I don't know if you um, watched the Between the Scenes. Yeah. Have you seen the one that he did on Jesse Smollett? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. He's his just his, his well, for one, the story they did on Jesse Smollett was good. He was very good at that. And then his Between the Scenes banter about it. So I think... I think he could do it, and that's someone I did not think about, but it does seem like he has gained a lot of popularity within the last, like, six months to a year. And I think he is primed to do it. Give him another year, oh, yeah. And, you know, I would, I, I mean, another one who I think, like, would also be great, mm-hmm. but because of a network conflict, it wouldn't happen. Stephen Colbert could do it. Ooh, yeah, he could. 
but the the Oscars are broadcast on ABC, and he's on CBS. Mm-hmm. So mm. it might that's something that might not happen, even if it was like a it's a totally separate thing. It has yeah. nothing to do with the networks, but because it's on a different network, it might be an issue. Even though one year I think David Letterman uh, hosted it, and he had his late night show on CBS already. Yeah. So it might still be a possibility. Yeah. Who, um, the two guys that host the weekend update right now? Uh, Michael Che and I forget the other guy's name. I don't watch SNL that much. Didn't anymore. they host a an award show together? Um, if they did, it was probably um. Screen Actors Guild Awards, I think maybe? it's something. Because then I think um, John Mulaney and uh, someone did something together, too. Maybe it was Dimitri Martin. I can't remember. But I that think, could I be think interesting. I think John Mulaney, it might have been Nick Kroll. Maybe they did the Independent Spirit Awards. Mm-hmm. I could. I wonder if they go that route, get like a pair of hosts to do the show. They've done it before. I mean, I know one year it was Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> Uh, and then another year it was uh, James Franco and Anne Hathaway because they were trying to bring in the young audience. I do remember that one. And I and I think their people were like, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> Colin Jost as Colin they, Jost. okay, they did the Emmys. Michael Shannon. Okay, Colin they Jost. did the okay. Yeah. I knew they. I yeah. I, I when you said that, I like I knew they had hosted something. Yeah. So hmm, okay, apparently there was backlash against it. I'll read that article later. Mm-hmm. I think they're funny guys, but whatever. Some people <laughs> you're not going to make happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're just not. Any, yeah. uh, <laughs> so uh, definitely no surprises with uh, Shallow winning. Um, Lady Gaga was going to – she had to get one. Yeah, because she wasn't going to get actress. A Star is Born had to get one mm-hmm. as as well as it, as it was received. Um, people talking about how um, people could immerse themselves in watching the film and how great Bradley Cooper put this all together. Mm-hmm. Um Unfortunately, he didn't win anything. Yeah. He was nominated for writing it, for producing it, and for acting in it. Yeah. Couldn't get, <laughs> couldn't get one. Uh, I, I will say, though, his career arc has been, I don't want to go too far off of this, his career arc has been amazing. Will yeah. Tippin from Alias. Sack from Wedding, Wedding Crashers. Crashers. I didn't. I never watched Alias, but I know you did. Yeah, Sack from Wedding Crashers. Like, his career arc has been... Because I, I can only imagine, like, seeing him at the beginning of his career, like, yeah, he, he's he's not going to be around very long. Here we are. <laughs> Rocket from Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shut, hats off to, to Bradley Cooper. He turned that around, man. He turned that around. Um, I want to see what he can do next as far as, like, an original story. Because that was, like, the fourth or fifth different version of A Star is Born. Yeah. As uh, Honest Trailer said, literally a once-in-a-generation movie. <laughs> Once per generation, yes. Um, let's look at the Billboard charts here. Uh, the number one song in the country, it has been for the last four weeks, Seven Rings by the hardest-working ponytail yes. in the game. To go along uh, with that, too, once you go through all of those, she she has... Um, she has done something that only the Beatles have done, or since no one's done since the Beatles, but we'll talk about that after. Yes. Uh, she also has the number two and three songs. Mm-hmm. It, this is, it won't be the same for next week. Yeah. I think I, I already saw those. 
Uh, I think she has number one and uh, four. Which is still impressive. <laughs> but had the top three spots. Uh, the second song, Break Up With Your Girlfriend, I'm Bored. I have not heard that song. I haven't heard that one either. Uh, number three, Thank You, Next. Uh, so she has the top three spots. Uh, number four, Without Me by Halsey. Number five, Sunflower uh, by Post Malone, Sirius Malone, and Sway Lee uh, uh, from Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I've got a new nickname for Sway Lee. Um, I saw someone put up a, a Twitter post that said, I love that Sway Lee song, Bitch Better Have My Money. <laughs> and he DMs the guy saying, hey, man, that's not me, that's Rihanna. P- please delete this post. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. So what his nickname be? Rihanna. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, that just made me laugh. I had to share that. That was hilarious. You, you can call him like Sway Rihanna or something. But that, that, that just made me laugh. Sway Yana. Sway Yana. He was so hurt, too. Like, you could be like, please take this down. <laughs> All right. I'm done. Like, how did that? I was wondering, like, how did it go? Like, was the guy serious when he said? I really think he, he was. It was Sway Lee. Yeah, I really think he was, because then Sway Lee like DMs him. <laughs> I was like, that's Rihanna, man. That's not me. <laughs> uh, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse soundtrack. Which one best animated feature? First time that uh, a non Disney movie has won since '06. <laughs> mm. What was the one in '06? I can't remember. Probably well, not The Incredibles. Maybe Up. That depressing movie. Best animated. No, Up was Disney. No, I'm. Oh, well, you meaning what? What wasn't that one? I, I see what you mean now. Because I was thinking like, oh, maybe it was Up that won for best animated feature. We can look that up later. I can't remember. Wallace and Gromit. Oh, that that's a weird movie. That's kind of cheating though. <laughs> no, really, because like, yeah, there there was like. The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, there's like 12 Wallace and Gromit films. Are there really? I'd never heard of Wallace and Gromit before this. Hmm. Yeah, that one. And the other one, I got Spirited Away. Is that Disney? No. That was too edgy for Disney. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, congratulations to yeah. Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. I need to um, see it. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, Happier by Marshmallow and Bastille, number six. Sicko Mode, number seven. High Hopes by Panic at the Disco, number eight. Number nine, Wow by Sirius Malone. And number 10, Eastside by Benny Blanco featuring Halsey and Khalid. Billboard 200, these are top 10 albums. Number one, well, it debuted at number one. Thank you, next. The hardest working ponytail in the game. Yes, she is. Man. Number two, boosted by its Oscar success or its Oscar buzz or whatever, a Star is Born soundtrack. Will this become the greatest showman where it just stays for some reason? It might be because it's Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. and she's probably not coming out with an album for a while. This is gonna be funny. Let's we gotta we gotta track it. <laughs> Number three, the Bohemian Rhapsody soundtrack. Uh, Rami Malek won Best Actor, um, and some people are nitpicking on his speech because he said, uh, "And we're so you know this film celebrates a gay man, you know who just who lived his life, you know trying to be himself." And someone's like, he had relationships with women. Oh, God. You you have totally missed the boat <laughs> on that. Um, Can I live, man? Yeah. Can I live? <laughs> uh, number four, a Hoodie Season by A Boogie with the Hoodie. Number five, Beer Bongs and Bentleys. 
five, Sirius Malone. Number six, Astroworld. Number seven, I Am, I Was by Sir Savage the 21st. <laughs> he has, uh, he is now out of prison. Um, out on bond. Uh, number eight, Scorpion by the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. Number nine, the album of the year. Woo! Re-entering the, the Billboard 200. It was totally off of the grid. Out of nowhere. <laughs> totally off the grid. Back to number, and now it's number nine. Wow. Golden Hour by Casey Musgraves. And number 10, Championships by Meek Mill. All right, and last but not least, The Artist 100. She got the number one, two, and three songs. She got the number one album. Of course. Ariana Grande. Biggest pop star in the world right now. Yeah. Um, this is her eighth week at number one of the Artist 100. Number two, Queen. Number three, Sirius Malone. Number four, we're kind of sort of worried about them, but not so much anymore. <laughs> I the, think I, there was a sighting of them on an award show, and they seemed healthy. So. Yeah, they all got their own separate email addresses. <laughs> number five, Halsey. Number six, love and hip-hop legend Cardi B. Um, yeah, we did not mention her in the Billboard 100, Hot 100, but uh, the new her new song with Bruno Mars is going to be in the top 10 next week. Okay. Number seven, Khalid. Number eight, Lady Gaga. Number nine, the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. And number 10, the Unretired 2K Legends. Wow. They're just, I just, that's so crazy. And apparently now they've become the new Nickelback. Like, everyone is just hating on them now. Yeah. And I say to them, keep making your money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You are relevant, and you don't even release stuff <laughs> that charts, but you're relevant. All right. So, uh, R. Kelly, back in the news, man, um, for the wrong reason, of yeah. course. <clears throat> well, he turned himself in, so there's progress. In. That's gross. Uh, bond was, or bail was set at a million dollars. He ain't got it. Nope. Uh, but I think a GoFundMe was set up. Stop it. Are you for real? Let me check. Because I I really feel like a GoFundMe was set up for. What him. are we doing? What what are we? Black America, what are we doing? Yeah, he is he. As of eighteen minutes ago, reported by CNN, he has posted bail. He is out. If he does this again, this is on y'all. <laughs> if he that's, does that's this again, I'm saying. like we have history, and y'all just gave this dude his bail money. He probably made a song about it too. <laughs> uh, Go oh, so bail was at a hundred thousand dollars. I don't know why I thought it was a million. Well, because it, it probably was a million. He but you got to pay ten percent. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that sounds true. Um, that's ridiculous, man. Y'all are y'all tripping. Huey was right, man. <laughs> no one, no one trying to hear Huey though. No one was trying to hear him. But he was right. Just like no one trying to hear any, but what anybody got to say about this right now as far as like you know trying to say i told you so or not or nothing like that no one's trying to hear it i don't know if a gofundme was set up as far as um as far as him being uh as far as the bail money i feel like it's possible because he didn't have a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> he did not have it uh but he is out that's um, crazy well that's, that uh, kind of sours things. <laughs> yeah. 
that he uh, he's out on bail, burst out of jail. And uh, Chicago dreaming. Apparently, the, the most famous lawyer in America right now is Michael Avenatti. Is he going to represent him? He, he's representing one of the accusers. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, come on. Get on the side of right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he says there are two more videos that incriminate R. Kelly. I heard, so um, when we were hanging out with Matt and Kevin, Kevin was saying that, like, the girl was, like, saying her age on this latest video and confirming his identity. So almost like the Chappelle Show video. <laughs> Not Chappelle Show video, the Boondocks video. Yes, this is Robert Kelly. <laughs> yes, the singer. The singer. <laughs> you my social security number? You can see his image awards. <laughs> so, yeah, that's insane. Um, I... Like Huey said, man, hide his video camera, <laughs> introducing him to some friends his age, but do not pretend this is not a problem. I feel like this is like one of those, I can't remember what show it was I watched where like you have to pull black people aside, like, listen, black people, now that you're paying attention, like we cannot continue to make excuses for R. Kelly. We cannot. Listening to his music is one thing, but defending him on social media, on TV, Stuff like that. Like, that's got to, we cannot normalize this to pretend this is okay. We, we cannot. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. Because that's all you really need to say. You, you, you can't, you got to stop pretending that this is okay. I know you like him. I like R. Kelly. It's tough, man. You don't want to see your heroes, <laughs> heroes fall, you know. But, you know, turn off the Chocolate Factory. Turn off TP2.com. Turn off 12 Play. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I have nothing else to add. This yeah. is just this is just sad, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, because people will still people will still continue to defend and saying that um, we're the parents. Yeah. Uh, these 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 are just some fast little girls. Yep. Um, and totally ignoring that. This is he exhibits predatory behavior. He's a grown man. <laughs> he is a grown man. He is old enough to be their father. Yeah. And in some cases, their grandfather. Yeah. He has a responsibility in this situation. Like this isn't like, well, you know, they were just there. No, this isn't like a hundred thousand dollars just fell in his lap and he didn't take it to the police. <laughs> it's like, well, what was he supposed to do? He wasn't supposed to do anything with these girls. He was supposed to say no. Go home. <laughs> Go to school. <laughs> eh, whatever. <laughs> but you know, yeah, we're we're but humble podcast podcast hosts from Atlanta. Yeah. You know who's gonna listen to us? You know? What do we know? What do we know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that'll do it for our music news segment. Um, let's just move on from that. Uh, <laughs> we've already devoted two episodes to R. Kelly. Yeah. So we there shan't be a third. <laughs> no. Unless, um, well, I would say the only time I think that another episode would be would be in order is if he were to get locked up for a long time, and that wouldn't really have to be a whole episode. That'd just be a, a segment. But if he, yeah, like they're like guilty, or if he was acquitted, or if he gets acquitted again, <sighs> just like you know what, this on y'all. If he gets this acquitted, we should just play the entire episode. <laughs> yeah. We'll just repost it again. Yeah. I'll just post it again. Yeah. yeah. All right. Ben, tell us about your earworm of the week. Um, so the first time I heard this song, 
I, like many others, I thought he was black. That was an old black dude in shades. Um, but he turned out to be a young white, uh, is he Irish? He's just British. Young British man. British. White, redhead British guy. Um, dude's got a huge voice. Um, the reason I thought I've been listening to this song, I did a cover of it. Um, will I ever play it on this podcast? Who knows? I don't know. But um, this song is just so fun. Like, I still remember back to hearing it as a young kid. It's one of those Sunny 100 songs. Um, it's awesome. I'm talking about Rick Astley, Never Gonna Give You Up. Uh, a bona fide classic um, with, you know, the hit factory on the ones and twos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we talked about the hit factory. Yes, we have an episode about them, too. Yeah. yeah. One of our early, early episodes. Yeah. Um, there is, I found the, like, when I talked, we talked about Colonel Abrams. Mm-hmm. Uh about that they're sampling them sampling his song. Yeah. And the version that I played was like some other remix. I found the one oh to where it's sampled like it, I mean they they gave credit eventually. Yeah. But yeah, it was clearly they clearly sampled it. It's oh, very clear. I got to hear that then. <laughs> uh if I could find it, we'll play it like right after. Okay. All right. So this is Rick Ashley never going to give you up and we'll be right back. By Rick Ashley. Um, I'm playing it from YouTube, so seeing the music video, he has that one dance move, man. Yep. <laughs> that one move. So, um, real quick, we we're talking about uh, on the Hit Factory episode, the, um, the, they, Ford never gonna give you up, they sampled Trap by Colonel Abrams. And I I could not find the version, but the version that they sampled wasn't on Spotify at the time, but 
it is now, but I wanted to pull up the uh, the actual version that it was. Yes, this is it. More of the bass line. Now. Yeah, you can definitely hear it. You can hear it in the bass line. That makes me sad because I really like the bass line. <laughs> that so, was like yeah. my big. That was one of the things I liked the most about their stuff is moving bass lines. I don't. Know, just, I like their arrangements, but yeah, still a good bass line. <laughs> yeah, they so. just didn't write it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we started the this episode with the song Chain Gang by Sam Cooke, and uh, we're going to be talking about the Netflix documentary The Two Killings of Sam Cooke. Um, it's still on Netflix as of right now, and uh, it's only about an hour and 15 minutes mm-hmm. if you wanted to stop here and watch it first before we discuss it. Um, so, yeah, so uh, let's get into it. Ben, um there's some in an hour and fifteen minutes they gave us a lot of information. Yeah, there was a lot. Yeah, yeah, you said that. There's a lot to unpack in that short amount of time, and um, and I think one of the reasons we discussed was they didn't go and they didn't go too in depth into the music. Yeah, it was like an overview of you know his early. I think early in his life they focused on the music more, so you could kind of see where he came from, and then it kind of became an essay about the amount of power he amassed. Yeah. As an artist and then, you know, semi-mogul. Because, I mean, he went, he had the record company, but he wasn't full-on, you know. They said he was like a Barry Gordy, but he wasn't full-on Barry Gordy yet. I don't think he ever got to realize it, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, you, Barry Gordy in the sense of a record executive. Mm-hmm. A black record executive. Which was rare back uh, then. <laughs> very rare, of course, yes. And he's... Um, but and he was also like innovative as far as an artist who was also getting to understand the business part. Yeah, uh, which is even still rare today. Yeah, it's something. I mean, they some don't people want get their own imprint. Yeah, but he kind of like it's like someone put the bug in his ear, like, "Hey, you know, publishing. That's, that's where the money at. is." Yeah, you know, so you get your publishing. You know, yeah, you know, so what? <laughs> so put that bug in his ear, you know, and um. You know, he he just he ran with it. Yeah. You know, with the publishing company and with his own record label. And then he what and his focus was on, hey, let's get these artists and and help them make money. Like they yeah. make sure they get their publishing, mm-hmm. make sure they uh they they get paid right as far as when they go on tour, that they're, you know, that the things are like he was an artist advocate yeah. as a record executive, even willing which to lose kind of doesn't do make sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it was because like someone he would was say there. he's hustling backwards if if he was doing this today. Yeah, but I mean, it was. I think he did it because he knew he. It was where he came from. It was, it was the not forgetting where you came from. Even in one of the interviews he gave, like if I lose a few dollars while I'm doing it, well, I did it for a worthy cause. Which was, you know, a, a, a great way to look at it. He was like, I'm willing to take a loss because it's going to make others, it's going to put others in a better position that he, frankly, he probably was not put in coming up as an artist. Yeah. And he's probably looking at it. At, he was probably looking at it as 
well, I'm still selling records, exactly. so I'll be all right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm Sam Cooke. Like, he had uh, a much lighter voice than I thought, too. Yeah, yeah. That's probably how you got those high, you know, those nice and high voices, high um notes that he had. Um, so that was definitely interesting to see that he was um, an advocate for the artist mm-hmm. while being an executive, but it was really just to. He's like, well, I got this opportunity. Because uh, someone gave me someone gave me an opportunity, mm-hmm. so I want to give others an opportunity. And they didn't delve into it too much as far as, you know, he started off in uh, singing gospel mm-hmm. and then crossed over yeah. to pop. And it was a time where, you know, if you weren't singing gospel, you were singing the devil's music. So that part was extremely interesting, and I wish they would have gone into that deeper. But I enjoyed the explanation of... There were artists that were afraid to do it because if you didn't hit, you yeah, could not come back. If it didn't, if it didn't work, back. if it didn't work, you couldn't go back. And it was just so like it was a big risk. Wow, like they wouldn't forgive you. <laughs> yeah, and which was, was like that the was, irony of all. That, that was so interesting. It's like no, you did the devil's music. You can't come. Just wagging their finger. You can't come back. And so. Yeah, that was, it was funny. Like that was a huge risk. Luckily, he took off. I was, you know, as I'm watching, I'm like, well, we know how it ha- how it goes, but like, yeah, he was right to have that fear, man. Like they probably would have been like, nah, bruh, no room here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I and I knew he. I, my, I just assumed, you know, back then every black artist started out singing in the church. At that yeah. point, that's yeah. usually, you know, hell, I started singing in the church, <laughs> but. Um, just to see, you know, hear about his early gospel groups, he took over lead singing duties for a much older person. Yeah, held his own. You know, that's that was and impressive, find, and, and had his own style because they played the clip oh, of the yeah. other guy, and then with him, like these are these are two totally they, different yeah. kinds of singers. And I think that's what made him stand out that he didn't just try to do an imitation. Yeah, he, he, he has he such a unique voice. Yeah, he's he's got such a unique voice. Um, and it's a voice that I've always liked. And I know Sam Cooke is not an artist that I've talked about much on this podcast, but he is an artist whose singing style I had a lot of respect for. I just never knew he was this big. Like, I thought Sam Cooke was, like, you know, sort of big, but, like, he was big enough to where, you know, they got scared of him. <laughs> yeah, like, it, that that was a surprising to me to where, like, I knew how how important he was to, to black people. Yeah. To people in your, for people listening... The old people in your family asking about Sam Cooke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he will be spoken about with great reverence. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that was that was surprising me is like, well, he was, oh, he's doing all this stuff. Yeah. And while me watching it with my 2019 mind, like, oh, yeah. wow, this is great. Like, he was, he was a pioneer. Mm-hmm. In 1963, 64... He was a radical. <laughs> He's a troublemaker is yes. what they say in the South. Yes. And especially when they started talking about it's never good when it's like he was um, he was <laughs> surveilled by J. Edgar Hoover. Like, ah, yeah, that's a wrap. <laughs> the FBI is coming after him. Who did, and he, it was, not, who did he not survey? Because <laughs> it was like any, any black person doing stuff. Yeah. Doing stuff. Do, doing They're doing too much positive stuff. Yeah. The FBI gonna come looking for you. It's like uh, you might you, you might be causing some trouble, J. Edgar. No, man. no matter how positive it looks, you cause a trouble. I'm just singing songs at the Copa. Bug his phones. <laughs> at the Copa. 
are they it, it, are they paying him? They're paying him how much? Much bug his phones yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> I want to wiretap on his phones, but we need we need a we need a, a judge signature. I am the judge. I am the judge. Yes. <laughs> I've never seen J. Edgar, but Jay I just stands for Judge. Judge Hoover. <laughs> Judge Edgar Hoover. Do it. Get it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So when when I saw that, I was like, geez, man, he was watching everyone. And they're watching what they were they listed him as the Negro singer from Los Angeles yeah. in the notes. Like that's all he was. <laughs> and they redacted his name. Like people aren't gonna figure out who that the is. Negro singer from who who is that? Who who was that Rick James? No, that was too early. <laughs> you know, and he's he's hanging out with Muhammad Ali yeah. and Malcolm X and Jim Brown. Outspoken black men. <laughs> These are the four seemingly the only four outspoken black men mm-hmm. in America. That you know, they these are the only four that are allowed. You <laughs> know, they're still Martin Luther King Jr. at the time. But we we sanitize so this and that's what this made me think of, sanitizing when you talked about um legacies of black artists are just black people enjoy they've been sanitized you know it's always talked about how you know now everyone holds martin luther king in such great reverence but back then like he was a troublemaker he was a troublemaker so you can only imagine the level of a troublemaker and i'm using air quotes for the people who can't see yeah. <laughs> that someone like a malcolm x or sam cook or you know with with these ideals were they were probably downright feared only thing is as they mentioned in the documentary Sam Cooke was already in middle America's households. So that made him seem even more dangerous. dangerous. Yeah. To where they're like, holy crap. He's like, crap. he's already in your house. Yeah. He's here. <laughs> and if he starts talking, you know, you might think, well, if Sam said it, <laughs> it's like, he's like, not bucking the system. You and know? what was interesting, and I know we can get a little more to this, is like with, with Sam Cooke already being in these white households, mm-hmm. I looked at Sam Cooke as kind of like, 60s Nat King Cole. Mm. I thought he had that kind of appeal. Yeah. Uh because he was um because it's something like white people were buying his songs yeah. and he's allowed to be on the cover of his own albums mm-hmm. as opposed to some other black artists. So white people would buy it. Mm-hmm. Um so I I'd like him to more of a, a Nat King Cole as far as his appeal. Mm-hmm. But they talked about a little later, like his uh, one of his live concerts that wasn't released until like twenty years the after Harlem, his death. Yeah, Harlem in nineteen sixty three. Harlem, the Harlem Square. And it yeah. reminded me of if anyone has seen the movie. Have you seen Ali? The yes. movie Ali. Yes. Uh, Sam Cooke was he, he was more of the soundtrack of mm-hmm. the movie yeah. <laughs> rather than a major character. Yeah. But him and Muhammad Ali were great friends. Um, but there's a scene where he's performing in this club. Where black people are going, and you know he it's 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 much different than if you would have seen him on like the Ed Sullivan show or yeah. something. It was a concert to where um, he's got his shirt open, he's singing harder, the voice yeah. is raspier. It's just a totally different energy. Yeah, it's more Otis Redding than yeah, which is you would have thought it was yeah, Otis Redding, which is <laughs> why I now feel bad because I used to hold Otis before this documentary. I held Otis Redding <laughs> in in greater reverence as a performer, and then I went and listened to some of the tracks from that Harlem Square album. My God, he could do it. He could do both. <laughs> yeah, he could do both, and very well, I might add. 
Um, and that's that's part of what made him so dangerous. Yeah. Is that yeah. He could do both. And it's like black people didn't care that he was. I mean, like, it's cool. It's cool. You're yeah. on Ed Sullivan and you're on TV. You do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you come play live for us. You better bring it. <laughs> he brought it. And he did. Exactly. He brought it. Similar to, I don't know if you've listened to Otis Redding's Live at the Whiskey, which is like this huge live album he did. Um, I think there's like a compilation of like times he performed there, but like that's what the Live in Harlem Square album reminds me of. It's just raw. Yeah. Just And he's singing harder. The voice is raspier. He's really bringing it. And if, you know, anyone who's listening, if you have not listened to anything off of either one of those albums, I highly suggest both on Spotify. Go check them out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't listened to the Live the Whiskey, but the Harm Square one is just. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was good. Yeah. It's good. It's good. <laughs> um, and like when we're talking about like he's able to. He's doing both as far as being, he's in, white people are buying his music, mm-hmm. black people are buying his music, and going to see him in concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's also doing, uh, with also him being a songwriter, yeah. which he doesn't get a lot of recognition for no. as far as writing his own songs. But he's taking some, he'll take some risks. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of what I what I learned when watching the documentary is a lot of stuff he did was to make a point. Yeah. He, there was a reason why he did certain things. That's a very specific reason. Like he wouldn't play in certain cities yeah. if he couldn't stay in the, in the right hotel yeah. or if the audience was segregated. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so he and then there were songs that he would do, and the way he was the marketing. Like we played Chain Gang to start the show. Yeah, they talked about the cover for that for that single, <laughs> where yeah. it's him standing between two white people. They're all wearing, you know, the prison the the, yeah. the zebra stripe yeah. prison uniforms. And you know he and he wrote the song basically. You know, seeing you would see those chain gangs in the South. Yeah. So he would. Uh, he was writing more and more politically charged songs, I guess you might say. Which was different for pop stars back then because outside of, you know, your your rock and roll singers, pop stars typically did not write their own music. Right. They're singing whatever someone else wrote. Sometimes it's a standard. Sometimes if, you know, you're a very, you know, vanilla white artist, you're singing a song that a black artist did and just kind of dumbing it down. One or the other, you fall into one or the other. So... I think that kind of helped write his legacy, if you will, as a, as an artist. Like, he's not just this great singer, but he's also a songwriter with something to say. And maybe, you know, like they mentioned with the Chain Gang song, black people and white people are going to hear something different. Yeah. You know, white people are like, oh, it's a Chain Gang, you know. And black people hear, you know, like, damn, it's a Chain Gang. Like, that's, like, it's, it's just, it means different, you know. And the cover of it. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's symbolic. You know, the two white guys that he's standing between, everyone's got the serious look on their face. And they're like, you know, white people might see that as comedic. You know, black people are going to see that as serious. And the the funny thing is, you know, is both can enjoy it still. Yeah. It, it means something to both, which, as we have, you know, mentioned time and time again, that's the, the dangerous part. <laughs> he can be dangerous without being dangerous, without appearing to be dangerous. That was the brilliance of Sam Cooke right there. 
Yeah. Um, the the idea of that song and the other song, the song like a change is going to come. Mm-hmm. And I think what we did uh, last year, our socially conscious songs mm-hmm. are because five. Uh, the story behind a change is going to come is that he heard Bob Dylan. Yeah. Blowing in the wind. And he's like, how is this white guy writing this song that relates to me? Mm-hmm. And he covered it several times. He sped did. it up. <laughs> yeah. So it didn't sound as, you know. It, so- it sounded danceable, <laughs> it which sounded was kind of weird. <laughs> but I understand that that might have been to like to kind of trick someone into yeah. the answer. But yeah, he, I like It's this. funny because he almost kind of did an opposite Pat Boone. <laughs> 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 he took a heavy song and was like, I'm going to make these folks dance. Because then in that one scene, funny, like, they he, get up and they're dancing around him like, yeah, blowing in the wind. <laughs> he might have made it cooler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is definitely opposite Pat Boone. Yes. Yes. Um, but he wanted to write a song that sounded, um, he wanted to write a song about the the black experience mm-hmm. um, from a black person's perspective, written by a black person. So- uh, it was very clear why that song was important to him to mm-hmm. make. Um, but, you know, even with the the record company, had to sanitize that a little bit. Took out the second Took verse. Took out the second yeah. verse, um, which was uh, when I go to the movies and I go downtown. Yeah. Um, I think it's somebody like told me, hey, don't hang around. I, I, it's something like that, but you'll know, you know the verse I'm talking about. Um that's one of the verses I hear all the time. Um, and all the, the reason why I like that song is so important as far as the, the civil rights movement is that it gave people, it gave people hope mm-hmm. that a change is going is going to be come for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it may bother people on a different level as far as, well, I don't want anything to change. Um, and one of the main things I think of, I may have mentioned it when we did that particular episode, the scene in Malcolm X, uh, where he's going to the Audubon ballroom Mm -hmm. and it's the spikely floating dolly shot. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. The one he always does (laughs) every movie. Yeah. Um, I saw the trailer for Black Klansman, and he has that shot in there. Of course, so it's his thing. Got to do it, man. Um, but it ends the the leg. His legacy could just be that song. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the how important it was to black people, uh, how important it was to the. Uh, social landscape at the time mm-hmm. and it's still relevant today. Yeah. And and it was and it was written from a place of I wanted to I want to write something from a black man's perspective about what it's like being in this country. Mhm. And I want to be free about it. I want to be unapologetic about it. You know, uh, there was a kind of a through line of 
well, I want to go where I want to go. Yeah. I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to be held back by these Jim Crow laws, by this segregation, by yeah. this by this racism. I don't want to be held back by that. Which even when he was coming up as an artist, he still had to, you know. Still had to deal with. Still had to deal with. Which kind of, you know, shows you back then, um, no amount of money. <laughs> or fame. Or fame. Yeah. Could, you know, protect you from that type of stuff. As he ultimately found out when he died, you know, can't protect you. Yeah. Can't protect you. You would think that uh, would apply to um, you think that something like that wouldn't apply anymore? Mm-hmm. Is there a point to where enough money would keep you, would, would protect you from keeping things from happening to you? I don't know. I mean, I, I can't think of, um, of course, you know, no one, the government's never going to come out and say it. But we've <laughs> not, I can't think of anyone lately that's been physically persecuted for their views. We've seen people, you know, in this outrage culture that we live in, you know, People get outraged at artists and, and, and famous people all the time. Um, honestly, really kind of regardless of color at this point. But I can't think of anyone that has said something controversial and, you know, had to fear for their life, you know. In, in a real, because I mean, you're always going to get, you know, like your quote unquote death threats or whatever on Twitter and stuff. And whether you take those serious or not is, is up to you as a person. But off the top of my head, I can't really think of anyone, you know, they're famous enough to where they can... Either they got bodyguards or you just wouldn't think of it. I, I don't know. I can't. Th- can you think of anyone? No. Because I know they drug Kanye across the coals. They raked him across the coals for what he did. But, you know. But I saw that video of him. He sampled a Fred Hammond song and he's playing <laughs> it for some people. And everyone's just like, it's only like like maybe 30 seconds long. But there's like this build. Mm-hmm. And he's just, it kind of brought you back to. Oh, Kanye's making good music again. <laughs> you know, you kind of forget about all, all that stuff forgiven. he just did. All is forgiven. Make another Jesus Walks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Um, and, and it's kind of, I, and it, that kind of lends to the stick to mm. um, the. Stick to basketball. Stick, stick to, to basketball. Rapping. Stick to rapping. Unless Shut you up say something we like, stick to your, your thing. Yeah. yeah, you know, if you if you criticize the president, yeah, um, somebody's got to come after you. Yeah, but if you support the president, you know, you suddenly have a MAGA hat in your locker. Yeah, <laughs> then you know everything's cool. Mm-hmm. You might even be invited to the White House, and they'll have a proper dinner for you. Mm. I'm. St- I still maintain. I would love. I would have preferred Five Guys, if I showed up. That's too fancy. That's too fancy. Then we got to talk because, my God, if it was like Ben, Ben, you can have all the Five Guys you want. He did the most basic. Okay, like he could have gotten Five Guys, Chipotle, Five Guys would have been and Zaxby's. Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! (laughs) Amazing. Oh, I God. think people would nobody would have like made fun of it if it was that. If it was Chipotle, Zaxby's, and Five Guys. Oh God, that's a great time. I'd won the Super Bowl for that. Oh yeah. Now I'm curious what he's gonna have when the, have the Patriots been there already? No, they haven't. I wonder what he's gonna <laughs> split a hot and ready. Someone said. <laughs> oh God, yeah. If he would have, or 
or if he would have found a really cool local burger place. Because it's D.C. He's from New York. He ain't thinking about that. There's so many good He's thinking places. big brands. I guess so. But it, that he may, it, may, it may have been a burger joint better than all those places. They're not New York. Yeah. They're not known around the country or the mm-hmm. world. That ain't good enough. I wonder if he would have chosen, like if he was in New York at Trump Tower, this is the best New York pizza ever. Sabaro. Oh, God. <laughs> I could see him saying that, too. Oh, to check out the cheese. You can see the, the grease. Oh, this is really good. This is really good. <laughs> Trump ain't a real New Yorker. <laughs> Let me stop. No. Um, no. But back to Sam Cooke. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was one thing, and it was, it was very small, <clears throat> and I mentioned it. Um, Elvis's comments on his death. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and they really, I feel like this, there might have been more about Elvis in this that they just kind of cut out. Like, if you saw the records cut, maybe there's more. But um, I think it was, like, a family member of his. Like, yeah, Elvis came over, and it's like, you know, this is who he's hanging out with. And then they don't mention him again until the end where they kind of off mention Elvis says that he was killed because he was getting too powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, um, I think it was, um, it was a, it was someone who he used to sing with. Yeah, I can't. I, and I didn't and write down when, the name. I just made some notes. And he brought the, and the, he brought them over to the house. He's like, "Hey, uh, Elvis is coming over." Yeah. So I I thought that was interesting, and it's kind of this, you know, aside from the, you know, because I know we're t- we're covering this because it's Black History Month. I know this is a little on the nose, mm. but the other part of it too that made him a radical was were his calls for artist independence and empowerment, which even in this day and age. You know, even though you have, you know, the Ariana Grandes of the world who seem like they're completely in control of their career, for every Ariana Grande, for every Cardi B, for every Nicki Minaj, you know, there's an artist that has really no control. They might never see their album come out because the single didn't do well enough and we're going to shelve the album. And it seemed like to me, Sam Cooke wanted those artists to get their due. He wanted to take care of the artists, even going so far as to say that he didn't mind if he lost money so that these artists could get there. Here's due. the thing though. It still went wrong for him. Yeah. Because whatever, whoever the other guy, Alan Klein or whatever. Yeah, who his name is, who been. was this guy? Is this the guy that killed him? Because like this guy was but they're like he wasn't powerful enough yet. Yeah, he, like no one knew about him yet, but he was already on these shenanigans. And broke up, they said, well, he broke up the Rolling Stones or he caused them grief in the Beatles. And yeah, he, he took money from... Some other stuff, yeah. yeah. And reading about him, apparently a lot of his tactics um, became very popular in the modern music industry. And so, you know, the first thing it really kind of made me think of was Jerry Heller in Straight mm-hmm. Outta Compton. You had, you know... And not to say that all white people are evil, but you had this white dude who was exploiting this black artist, making him think that he was more in control of his career than he really was. You know, Jerry Heller and Easy e and, you know, the rest of N.W.A., he had them thinking that, you know, oh, yeah, you're in control. Meanwhile, he's actually stealing from them. It looked like that's what Alan Klein was doing. You know, Sam Cooke thinks that the record company is his and he finds out that, no, it actually belongs to Alan Klein and you're just an employee. And what was he going to do that weekend that he was killed? He was about to go to New York and set some things straight. But he never made it. 
So it kind of makes you think, you know, when you put your conspiracy hat on, the one with the big C on it. Is Alan <laughs> Klein involved in this murder? Yeah. Did he did he send that woman to that bar because yeah. he, he knew that Sam would be there? Yeah. Um, it makes you it really kind of makes you wonder, you know, you know, not just as an artist trying to empower people. It's a black artist is trying to empower people. Um, and I think that's that's an incredibly interesting piece about this, you know, on the same par as the fact that I just never knew that Sam Cooke was this radical. <laughs> I never knew Sam Cooke was, was, you know, about that life and, you know, power to him, God rest his soul. And it's, kind of, it's something that you don't really think about. I mean, there's no major, um, there's no other major documentary about Sam Cooke. None that I've seen, yeah. He doesn't figure into these uh, biopics. Like with Ali, he was a, a minor character. Yeah, I forgot like he was, was in like there. It was like Ali <laughs> sitting in the house and... Sam Cook comes over. He's like, "Hey, yeah. Sam, get, go get you something to eat," and that was it. That they was all a, we saw. They did Sam a record Cook. together, son. Like they did, they did a song together. <laughs> like, come on. Or they, or there was um, um, I think they were kind of the same thing with Jim Brown yeah. there in in that movie. I know the focus would have been on Muhammad Ali, but at least consider the relationship mm-hmm. that he had with Sam Cook when he won the world championship. He brought Sam Cook into the ring. Yes. Since He's Sam Cooke is the greatest, yeah. and that might have, and that boosted his, uh, that boosted his uh, reputation, yeah, for being associated with the heavyweight champion of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Trying to think. I mean, he probably didn't need that, <laughs> yeah, but it was still cool to see these two superstars together. Yeah, random and, thought too. I'm trying to think like if Floyd Mayweather won won a fight, what singer would, would that be the equivalent? <laughs> Or even a rapper, like if he brings like Meek Mill, this is the greatest. This is the greatest because no, he's not bringing fifty because they don't like each other. <laughs> who would it have been? I don't know. I can't think of who it would be. The Sam Cooke of today, or even I like Diddy? I don't know. Or even back when you know, like Mike Tyson won. Who would he have brought up? Bobby Brown, maybe. <laughs> Maybe Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown, he's the I, greatest. I, he's Prince the, Michael Jackson. It's got to be someone of. It's got to be someone of that, that stature. stature. He's the greatest man. He's the greatest. <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> before you come and punch me. Um, but no, I mean that was yeah. He was he was so he was so much more influential and powerful back then than I ever realized. Yeah. And we might need a Sam Cooke biopic. Is there one that exists already? Um, let's see. Because that's what I thought this was initially, a biopic. I didn't realize it was a, a documentary. Um, and I think a biopic would be very interesting. And I honestly, the dude that played Dr. Dre could play him. I could yeah. see him. I could see him doing that. Someone call him Black Jack Bauer. I could see him doing it. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, no, there's no... Not that I see here as far as his um as far as let's see, Sam Cook in how should I look this up? Let's go Sam Cook in media. Cause I could totally I could see that now. We should start that campaign. That could be his ray. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, he's singing on songs that say, I don't know if he can sing, though. He probably can't sing. Um, 
see if this will work. Uh, no, that's the same thing. So, no, there's no, I know there's no Sam Cook uh, biopic. Uh, let me see if there's one in the works. Just like there's, there's been a Marvin Gaye biopic hmm. in the works for like the last 15 years. Interesting. I wonder who would play him. Uh, from what I saw, it was Jesse L. Martin. You know what? I think, okay, I remember seeing some news about that. Yeah, I could see that. Okay, IMDb has an untitled Sam Cooke biopic. Um, and it was going to be called Lady You Shot Me. The Life and Death of Sam Cooke. It's a little on the nose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little too. What's her name? Bertha Washington, I think. Yeah. Um, there is another, this is a documentary. It looks like, yeah, that's a documentary. They could uh, go the queen route. Just name it after a song. Just <laughs> That'd be interesting. Name it like a, a couple of years ago. It looks like there was a biopic coming, but it was not authorized. <clears throat> okay. So none of the music probably. Uh, but it looks like that there's been attempts. Okay. So yeah, Hollywood this... knows they're sitting on gold. They're trying to do it. <laughs> um, so what else is on this one? Yeah, this was unauthorized by the estate. And like that ever came out. Yeah. And they're, they're going to have to work at it too because music biopics and theaters within the last decade and a half have gotten really good. Yeah. Like you've got like, you know, they're getting Oscar considerations now. You can't just, you know, make anything, you know, going back to, you know, um, not walk hard. That's the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> uh, walk the line. Ray, you know, movies. Those are real, you know, serious, good, you know, well done movies. So you can't just put anything out there. Okay, I'm not seeing any as far as any actors. I'll just go to images and see what they give us. Uh, um, Leon Bridges. I don't know if he can act. Um, I don't know who that guy is. Um, but yeah, the guy who played Dr. Dre and Blackjack Bauer would be a good one. <laughs> Yeah, I think he would be really good. I had someone named Ray Lavender. Ray Lavender. What a name. Uh, It was also considered. So, yeah. um, You know, but like the, the, it's, well, here's the thing. I think if it, the, the ones with white artists have been easier to make. Well, because there's an audience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, like we had the Bohe- we had the Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. For people who've already seen it, there's a trailer for Rocket Man, which is gonna be about Elton John. Yeah. With Taron Edgerton from the Kingsman. Yeah. <laughs> uh playing Elton John. I'm curious how that's gonna come out. Um there's uh but like Ray Ray was hard. I feel like that took years to make. Oh for real? I've not seen Ray yet. I haven't seen it. I feel like that took years. Uh, NWA, you had the group involved in making it, so that might have fast-tracked it a little bit. Yeah. 
Uh, but y'all know how I feel about that one. <laughs> um, but it was, I, I mean, I think it would take a long, it, apparently there, there have been several attempts to make a Sam Cooke biopic. Yeah. But it's going to take a while uh, because there are probably like 12, 20 different screenplays. There are so many uh, biographies probably about him. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your source material going to be? Yeah. Uh, then can we get the rights to the songs? Which, <laughs> which, which project does the estate of Sam Cooke approve mm-hmm. of? You yeah. know, so there, there are some hoops to jump through for that. Yeah. Um, so back to the kind of getting towards the end here, uh, of the, of the, of the documentary. Did you feel like them talking about what happened that night was kind of rushed or was kind of like glossed over a little bit, but I think maybe that was them trying to make you, you know, decide what you feel happened. Yeah. Um, and maybe they didn't want they didn't want it to seem too heavy handed. Um, maybe they wanted to seem respectful of all parties involved. Because I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot that kind of shrouds that night. You know, like he was essentially found naked, shot in a hotel room. Um, and I don't know if the family was involved, but maybe they were like, you know, this is about as much as we're comfortable with you talking about this. Yeah. Um, if the family is involved, because I know they interviewed you know members of the family. And maybe that's what they, you know, like this is as far as we're comfortable with you guys going. Um, and with that, you know, with the woman that was involved and other parties, maybe that was as far as they were comfortable with going. Um, you know, it comes out she was a prostitute. There are rumors that, you know, the hotel uh, manager that shot him was her pimp or somehow involved with what's her pimp. Like the one of the things I heard was essentially... She stole his pants, which had the money that he was flashing around early in the night. She stole his pants, threw them out the window to her waiting pimp, and then she went out the window as well. When Sam Cook goes to protest to the hotel manager, she shoots him. And that's kind of, you know, so some people say it was just a robbery gone wrong, essentially. Um, but then, of course, there's some people that feel, you know, that, that that's a little too clean. <laughs> Get, you know, granted everything he was involved in being looked at by Judge Edgar Hoover and all of these things, that was that was a little too clean. Like if that happened, you know, even though it seems like even though like with anyone else, that'd be normal with them. That's a little too normal. Like something else had to be going on. And I mean, maybe it'd be crazy if that really was just all it was. Like we saw this dude with a wad of cash at the bar. We're like, gonna, hey, we getting that cash. We getting that cash. <laughs> <laughs> we told him where to go. We took him here. We robbed him, and we shot him, you know? like, And it'd be really sad if that was just it. I do think there's a certain degree of where everyone's like, that's not like Sam. That's not like Sam. People, people can be one thing in front of you and another thing in front of someone else. That's totally possible, you know? So, like, yeah, maybe that wasn't a Sam Cooke that you knew, but maybe that he was – he he could do that. I don't know. Yeah, with the the conspiracies um, that the the lady who shot him uh, was instructed by the mob, mm-hmm. um, or that the uh, the woman who robbed him was in cahoots also with the mob. Yeah. 
because the models were heavy in the entertainment industry, yeah. especially in Los Angeles. Um, he would, but I, it's too coincidental mm-hmm. for them to know exactly where he was going to go. I mean, to kind of lead him there, or yeah. you know. Well, I mean, it seems, and and so putting on my conspiracy hat, I totally think it was the mafia. They were there was too much money to be made um, in this industry and to be lost if, you know, he had his way. You don't think it was Judge Edgar Hoover? <laughs> he probably let it happen. He probably knew he had all that surveillance. He probably knew, like, it's going to happen, and he just stood back. Oh, we don't have to kill him. They'll do it for us. <laughs> like, um, I mean, his friends tried to warn him, like, you know, these are some serious characters. They will kill you. And Sam's like, I ain't scared of them. I ain't, nah, I ain't worried about them. Um I mean, it seems like something that they would do. Like, it not only did they kill him, but they tried to taint him. Yeah. By saying that you know he's he was naked, he was with a prostitute. Like, you can't just like you don't just or the government because that sounds like something the government could do too. You don't just kill someone; you kill their legacy. Yeah. Like if and he just that's why that's what how the title comes up. Yeah. Like if you just because if you just kill him, then you make him a martyr. If you kill him and his legacy, then you make it like, oh, God, he's disgusting. He was with a prostitute and like, got shot. Yeah, trying to make it seem like he is this terrible person mm-hmm. who deserved what he got. Yeah. Um, it's hard to look at it that way. With the evidence, it, it, can't, it doesn't look that way. Yeah. It looks like someone who got caught up in a, in a, in a bad situation. Yeah. It's like what they tried to do to... MLK, you know, yeah. years later, oh, he cheated on his wife, but it hasn't affected his legacy. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> does that like and it kind of like does that mean he deserved to die? Yeah, no, I'm not saying yeah he did. I'm just saying yeah that's I'm agreeing with what you're saying. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it could be yeah. like wow Ben, that's kind of <laughs> cold. <laughs> but that I feel like that's what they're trying to do. You don't just kill him; you kill his legacy, and that sounds like what either of those two groups would do. That sounds like something the government would do so that, you know, to lessen his effect. And it sounds like something the mafia would do just to, you know, to disgrace him. Yeah. And to exert control. Yeah. Pretty much. To anyone else who's thinking about doing this. Yeah. That's why Elvis was like, no, I'm good, man. I'm going to go in the army. (laughs) I'm going to support vaccinations. I'm going to be good. I'm not (laughs) going to give the mafia. But then again, some people say, you know. They were, they were responsible for him dying on that toilet, although I don't know how. But um, but then some people think that he was still alive, alive. all this time and he had actually joined Fake, the CIA. Faked his death so he didn't get killed by the mafia. Because <laughs> <laughs> someone saw him selling shirts down on Pasadena. I don't know. Yeah. that Now, that would be funny if you heard, like, I saw Sam Cooke selling T-shirts. Sam Cooke's in Cuba. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like that's where Sam Cooke would go. Cuba. Cuba. <laughs> That seems like his kind of place. That's the that's the the legacy of an artist that dies young or yeah. before their time. They're alive. They're just somewhere else. Yeah. They're Aura is a man in black. Elvis went home. <laughs> 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 Sam Cooke just went home, y'all. Um, but yeah, that's that's my you know, and that seems to be, you know. So okay, so backtracking a bit, what were your thoughts on Ali saying, if this were John Lennon, if this were the Beatles? Um, or anyone else, another white artist, the FBI would have been, if it was Ricky Nelson, which shows just how long ago this was. If this was Ricky Nelson. <laughs> he was still a superstar at the time, <laughs> yeah. though. It's 
like, damn, I mean, Ricky I know about Nelson. Ricky Nelson. Woo. But you forget about Ricky Nelson. Superstar. Yeah. Um, this would have been in, you know, and I, I meant to look into this, but I didn't. Um, I wanted to see what did the FBI do after John Lennon was shot. Because that's a that's almost a one-at-one comparison. He was a little more radical, so to speak. He wasn't doing it purely because he was pot, like he well, wasn't I think, I think he's talking people. about John Lennon at the time. Yeah, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm thinking like, you know, based on what John Lennon became, did the FBI even care? Because there's the, the thoughts that they killed him too. Um, but I'm trying to think, like, you know, with other artists like well, that the, that the thing died, is, what did with, they do? With John Lennon, there were, like, all these witnesses. Yeah. Mark David Chapman walked right up to, to him, him. Yeah. and shot him. Yeah. So that was more of an open and shut case. And they weren't, they weren't, the other key difference there, no one was really secretive about saying that John Lennon was considered an enemy of the state. Yeah. You know, they were a little more secretive about it with someone like Sam Cooke and other people that they surveyed to where it didn't come out until years later. They were just very like, yeah, no, we don't like John Lennon. We don't like this dude. Um, But I'm trying to think of other artists around that time, you know, that died. And, you know, I took a one-at-one comparison of thinking of the Beatles. But now, sitting here talking with you, like, yeah, there were a lot of differences. Like, we knew the government did not like John Lennon. They did not want him here. Whereas they were a lot more secretive about, you know, Sam Cooke and, and others like him. Well, like where, like with John Lennon, find a ways to maybe send him back to England. Yeah. But with Sam Cooke, like, well, he, he's, he's American. Yeah. What can we do? What can we do? <laughs> well, we have to kill him. Um, yeah. Uh, so it, it, it may have been something more like that because Sam Cooke was American. Yeah. Um, but with uh, – I'm trying to get back to what you're – question was yeah at do first. you think like i mean do you think there was any validity to that statement oh yeah okay well, about what muhammad ali said yeah um i think i think so because with with cook like he was he was he was a superstar yeah he was an american treasure mm-hmm. he had the like i said he was to me he seemed like he was like nat king cole yeah he had uh uh, he had Joe Lewis type popularity. Mm. Like Joe Lewis is one of the the really the first popular black man in America, and that took until 1938 <laughs> for someone for a black man to be uh, loved around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, to have the 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 mass appeal, uh, so to speak. If it were, I, I kind of agree. With what he said, mm-hmm. with what Muhammad Ali said, because I think that if it were if it were a white artist, there would have been more of a thorough investigation. Mm-hmm. There would have been there, some some things would have been figured out because yeah. death is still a mystery. Yeah, we still don't know the like what is the, it, nothing's really clear. Yeah. Was the motivation truly robbery, mm-hmm. or was the motive, or was there something more behind it? Mm-hmm. So I think I think one thing they probably could have done, if I'm giving a critique of the flow of the documentary, um, at the time when he when they you know they play that statement about what you know Muhammad Ali said, I didn't realize how bare bones the investigation was. Mm-hmm. So that's probably something I would have put closer to around that time because I was like, what they didn't investigate it. Then you get to the part I'm like, oh damn, they did not investigate it. They didn't do anything. It was like because they mentioned how like you know they're like discrimination, you know, blacks and Asians. The LAPD just didn't care. Yeah, it was, it was just another black on Asian black crime or whatever because she was Asian uh, and he the, was black. The, and, 
the yeah, the woman he took the hotel is Asian. The woman who shot him is black. Yeah. It no one just, cares. It was two groups of people that the LAPD could have that cared they don't less care about. about. So they really just like, yeah, open and shut case, Johnson. Like <laughs> strip hell to say. Oh, it's self-defense? Uh, yeah. All right, self-defense. Open and shut. <laughs> all right, let's put it in the paperwork. Yeah. Um. So, and I do wonder, like, you know, if, so, like, you know, bringing this, if it were to happen, you know, either in 2019 or within the last 10 years or so, and there was an artist like it, and I keep bringing this, I really feel like there's a bigger relationship there that they just did not talk about. If there was an Elvis-like artist that was, you know, Elvis was huge, um, do you think they would have spoken out more if this happened now? If an Elvis type figure, yeah. Like, so, like, if like maybe um, I'm trying to think who's a woke artist right now. Like, I don't. I, I, I keep thinking of Chris Brown, even though I know he's not woke. But like, if Chris Brown was woke and 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 being, you know, and causing civil discourse, and he said something, and they and he got killed, you know, and and Sirius Malone, because in this timeline he's serious. You know, it was like they shut up Chris Brown because he said too much. Do you think he would have said it under his breath? Or do you think he gets out there and he's really saying it and risking his own fame? He, I don't think he'd like say it like on TV or in the news. He'd mm-hmm. probably say it on Instagram. Yeah. Because to do that would be to risk your fame. You know, like if you look at someone like an Elvis back then, you know, and then um, his career for most part wasn't very, the most controversial thing he did, what, was shake his hips on Ed Sullivan? Yeah. And they filmed him from the waist up because that was too risque. You know, apparently he got that dance from Forrest Gump. Some of <laughs> you will get that joke. Um, but for the most part, his career, but it seemed like he believed it. And I just wonder, why not speak up? Like you, you've, you've like Sam Cooke, you've got middle America. Well, this is a time where it was, there was, there was too much at stake. And that's what I wonder, like, career. would someone have the courage to do it today? Or would they just be like, nah, bro, I'm trying to keep my fame. It would um it would be tough if it yeah. was if it was serious below. <laughs> and I mentioned him because like Elvis, he's an artist that is po- that has profited off of, you know, traditionally black music. Yeah. You know, Elvis as a rock and roll blues singer, Post Malone, excuse me, Serious Malone, you know, as a as a hip hop artist. So it's almost a one at one comparison. But I just, you know, like, do you risk your fame to tell the truth? There's that question, you know. I think it would be it, it would be difficult for, um, well, but like this, it would probably be easier for Post Malone to recover. Mm, okay. From the backlash yeah. and all that, um, it would still be probably just as tough to actually say something. Mm. But I think the recovery would be the the backlash would be about the same, but as far as like bouncing back from it, it would probably. Uh, it would be easier for Post Malone mm-hmm. uh, just because it's not as, I think people understand things more now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not as much divisiveness uh, today compared to 1964. Yeah. Segregated crowds, the whole nine. Uh so I think that it would be it would be easier for him to bounce back, but I think that the outrage would be about the same. Yeah. And it so that and not to go too far off here, it makes me think back to another artist that stood up for what they believed in and got skewered, Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. SNL sings War by Bob Marley, rips up a picture of the Pope. 
she never recovered. <laughs> so granted, she was not as big at the time as 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 Post Malone is now. Post Malone's huge. Well, that you know? and, and that was you know she's Irish. Oh yeah, she was, wasn't she? And yeah, O'Connor. Yeah. Most <clears throat> Irish people are Catholic. Yeah. Um, who's the symbol or the representative yeah. of the Catholic Church is the Pope. Yeah. So like you're going against. Everything. <laughs> Everything that we have ever been taught. Yeah. That's going to be tough to recover from yeah. for someone like her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it to 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 speak up against something that doesn't seem right is it's always hard. Yeah. Um. And for those that do, in whatever kind of way, it, it's it's going to be a risk. Yeah. Um, but I I mean if, but to kind of I kind of just want to sum it up like this: like I don't think that's why Sam Cooke was killed, really. Mm-hmm. But if you believe it, I'm not going to be mad at you. <laughs> like. Uh, I don't really think so, but there's enough there too. There's like a little bit of yeah. a possibility. Mm-hmm. So that's basically how I look at it. So if y'all think it was a conspiracy, oh, I love a good conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you think it's a conspiracy? I think not so much, but you know, it's it's still a it's a discussion worth having. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something worth thinking about, and it, it just makes you wonder, you know, when. Like this was a, a a black man wanting to live as a free black man. <laughs> That's all he wanted to do. Yeah, and he had ideas, and he wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. The disenfranchised, so to speak, the ones who the people who, as he said, he's like, you know, I want to do for these artists what was done for me. Yeah, you know, Emmett Till sparked him. You know, he 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 thought about stuff like, like it's. It wasn't like he wanted to, like, you know, put white people on plantations. <laughs> he just wanted to, you know, stay in the same hotel, go to the same movie theater. I'm going to stay in a nice hotel. I'm going to go see a, a movie. Um, I want to do shows where the black and white people can, like, have mingle. seats yeah. <laughs> and mingle a little bit, possibly. Oh, no. What are you talking about? Never. Never. <laughs> man. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. If if he if he if that black man touches my skin, will my skin turn black too? I, I don't know, Josie. I don't know. I couldn't imagine you in a show like that, like standing up on stage to your left, huge white audience. To your right, huge black audience. Uh, or down below, huge black audience. Up above, white audience. Like I could not imagine. That'd be the weirdest thing ever. And they'd still be trying to do this in Mississippi, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why Mississippi is just no offense if anyone listening is from Mississippi, but y'all are just weird. It's 2019, man. Y'all need to stop this. Y'all need to stop this and now. Look, <laughs> there was a, the, uh, reminds me, um, and we can end it here. There's the, did some players from the Ole Miss basketball team uh, take a knee before the game, during the <laughs> national anthem? But the same. But earlier that day, there was a Confederate rally on the campus. Oh God, Mississippi is just back. Where I did not believe Kendra when she said it. Then we went there, and it's like you just you're riding. 
it's like Jamaica. Like you're writing, oh, there's nice stuff, poverty. <laughs> like that All was Mississippi. Sudden, I was like, God, this is it's just weird. Because someone posted a story about the about the old Miss players and like, oh, it's a big story coming out of Oxford. Players take a knee before the basketball game the same day as Confederate rally, and if Obani Jones uh responded, he's <laughs> like, uh, which part of it is big? Which part of it is supposed to be big to you? <laughs> They miss just it's. It's like if it's if you talking about the players kneeling, you're doing this all wrong. Yeah, that is just it's a weird, weird place. I never want to live there. I don't know how Chris Jenkins did that when he went to school out there. Like my God. Yeah, weird. Place. I don't know. Maybe they're nice parts of Jackson. Who knows? Mississippi that hey, we bro. don't know, really know about. I don't know. I will say this, though. There's a really nice lady at Chick-fil-A that sold me my first packet, my first big container of Chick-fil-A sauce. So that that kind of, like, I hadn't been to Mississippi very much. I was like, man, this is a cool place. <laughs> they sold me some Chick-fil-A sauce. It was great. And But then I went back, and I was like, no, no. All right, so that'll do it on this conversation about the. I really the, hope no one from Mississippi gets mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, yeah. That'll do it for a conversation about um, the Sam Cook documentary, the two killings of Sam Cook. It is on Netflix. We said it's about an hour and fifteen minutes. Highly recommended. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we'll get to my earworm of the week, and I'm going to try to talk about it while I pull it up. Um. This was a song that I I heard a few months ago, and I thought it was produced by the Neptunes, but it's not. They just um, ripping their style. <laughs> yeah, this is another song that that sounds like them. Uh, so he has a the, this is the artist's name is Duckworth. Okay. No relation to Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> uh, he is from he is from L.A. though, and uh, he had this is from his album called uh, uh, An Extra Ugly Mixtape. And uh, this song is called Michael, but it's spelled M-I-C-H-U-U-L. This is on my We Lit playlist, of course. We Lit! All right, so we're going to play this. It's called Michael by Duckworth, and we'll be right back. So what do you want to be when you grow up? Michael Jackson. Ah! I just want a mic with a stand. I just want to, I just, I just want to catch one glance. I just want to see you dance, girl. I just want to, uh, yeah. I just want to shine like Mike. I might moonwalk on sight. I just want to, I just, I just want to ride my bike. And if you don't mind, we can ride all night. Talk to me, say, I just want to old school chick. I really like phone and flicks. I just want to, I just, boyfriend jeans and vans for the kicks. But still dumb dick, girl. I just want to, uh, I just want a sports car, manual stick. Candy paint, Tokyo drift, let's shift. I just want to blow your mind and looking for you. I just wanna be, I just wanna be yours. I just wanna, I just wanna, I just wanna jig 
big like Mike. I just wanna spend my night okay. with you, girl. I just, I just wanna be your type. You the mother type. You ain't even my hype, girl. I done been climb trees since I was like three with the palms in the sky and the sun with the breeze. You entitled to have so much fun with me when your song come on, throw the ones at me. Booty. You see the make a bounce like a Chevy with the high. What? Try to slow me, follow through the clouds in the sky. If we bounce that high, you may need a parachute. Some cushion in your boots since I reach for your pie. I'ma eat that piece and beat the walls. Okay. Down like Jericho till it falls. Water works, put in work. Hop in the rocket, peace. Alright, that is Michael by Duckworth. I definitely hear it. Yeah. Yeah. The kick drum. So I think that, that sounds nice. So you can find that on our BTTYHT Earworms playlist right now. And uh, that will bring us to the end of the program. So, Ben, can you tell the people where we can be found? I can. Right now we can be found in a room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, we can be found, first off, go to our website, by the time you hear this, .com. Do they still use that ad? Cause I, was gonna, like, if so, I haven't seen an Expedia commercial yeah. in so long. So they can't sue us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Facebook.com. I'm kidding. Facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Um, you can even check us out on the gram, um, which Darren, I swear to God, uses that all the time. Shout out to him if he's listening. I told him to check it out. Check out this episode because he said he didn't know anything about Sam Cooke. So hopefully he's listening. Um, and happy birthday to his daughter, Elizabeth, who just turned three. Um, whose birthday party I went to on Saturday. Thank you for the pizza and the Chick-fil-A chicken. It was awesome. I have a quick question about that. Cause <laughs> not not about like her birthday party or anything, but as far as, because you mentioned pizza, I was listening to this podcast. They're talking about um, at Chuck E. Cheese, mm-hmm. there were some, some pictures of some questionable pizza to where it's not like they bake a pizza and cut it like it's one whole pizza. Mm-hmm. It's like, pieces from other pizzas oh, put that's together. disgusting. Because it's probably old. Like leftover, like they didn't finish that. Get that and heat it up and we're going to... So they were talking about the concept of stranger pizza. Yeah, yeah. This was... I saw this. It was at their house. I saw the boxes it came out okay. of. Okay. <laughs> this was no stranger pizza. Um, well, yeah. Well, that was at the house. I, yeah. I, it just made me think of that Chuck E. Cheese thing. To where this Chuck E. Cheese... Uh, do they do that as far as they just take pieces from other le- leftover pieces and put it together and make it look like it's a the whole The kids probably pizza. don't even care. They're like, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. the kids don't care. <laughs> they just eat it. <laughs> but should the adults care? Yeah, they should. They're like, the, the crust doesn't line up. The yeah. pepperoni doesn't line up. This is just yeah. an amalgam of pizza. With all these unvaccinated kids out here, man. You <laughs> these crazy parents. Um, but yeah, shout out to Darren. If you're listening... Um, leave us a comment on our Instagram page on the gram. Leave us a review on iTunes as yes. well, but I'll let you continue yes. with that. Um, so if you want to um, find us on Instagram, that is at by the time you hear this, our um, Instagram as well as our Facebook page and our email address at gmail.com. Um, well, our website is spelled with the letter U. No, not the letter U. Spelled with the word U, Y-O-U. Yes. Instagram and our email address is spelled with the letter U, and that is because we're urban mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not under investigation. Nope. Which is coming to an end. He's wrapping it up. I hope it leads to something because this is, would have been out. a waste of two years. But anyway, we're about to find out. Um, all right. So other ways you can hear us. If you want to. Uh, my favorite is if you want to uh, 
avoid the busker on the subway. I don't know if we have buskers on MARTA. Um, but if you're out of New York and you're listening to us, there's got there's probably a busker. Um, a busker is the person playing music and singing. Yeah. That's a busker. I feel um, like they're around here, but it's like if they play drums, they're they're using like buckets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or those suitcase um, kits that I see all the time that I yeah. want to get, but not until after the wedding because can't buy nothing before then. Um, so, yeah, so um, you, you can listen to us on the go is ultimately what I'm trying to say. Yes. Um, we can be found on iTunes. Go on there, like Greg said, leave us a review. Um, it sounds simple, but it's very helpful. Um, five stars would be appreciated, you know, anything less, and we're going to assume that you're a hater. Yes. Yeah, we're just going to assume that. Um, and if you are a hater, still listen, but just know that you're a hater. You know, just be, just let it be known. You, you are, be aware. Be aware of your haterness. <laughs> um, you can check us out on Google Music. Um, that is in the um, the Android app. It's the orange triangle. You can hear us on TuneIn Radio, Auto Radio, CastBox, Satchel Podcast Player, which is a really cool concept. Find podcasts in your area. Auto Radio, um, FM, you mentioned. Um, play it. Play.fm. Play yeah, play.fm. And listen notes, um, because Greg makes such good show notes. Go on there, check us out. As he mentioned, our last episode was the Fire Festival um, documentaries, which are excellent. If you have not watched those yet, go watch them and listen to our podcast. We had Matt on there who, um, I guess we've kind of elevated him to friend of the show. He's on here quite a bit. Yeah. So, um, Good guy, Matt. Good guy. Big Beastie Boys fan. <laughs> we should consider doing a... Uh an episode about license to ill. Oh, he would love that. <laughs> or the, uh, even though this is an audio platform, the I shot that. Oh yeah, that was their documentary, right? Yeah, or, well, it was, it was no, it was like a concert, but Vi- all yes. the all okay. the footage is from fans yes. at the show. <laughs> he's probably he's probably seen it too. So we'll, we'll I'll I'll shoot him a message. That would be. I, I thought you were gonna say the book. I was like, I'm not reading that book. That oh, I haven't is, seen the book. Is it a it's huge. Yeah, he's got it sitting on his um like his mantle or whatever and it's 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 big. He listened to it though. He didn't read it. <laughs> well, no, the one like he audibled it. <laughs> but as far as an album, like License to Ill is mm-hmm. was the one that put them on the map, but like Paul's Boutique is like the underground classic. Yeah. That's the one that hip hop heads talk about. Yeah. As far as the Beastie Boys, it's mostly Paul's Boutique. I was going to suggest either that or Intergalactic. Uh oh, Hello one. Hello Nasty. That Hello was the nasty. album. Hello, Hello Nasty. Hello okay. Nasty. Yeah. So we'll we'll think about that would be a departure. I don't think we've ever really talked about Beastie Boys on here before. No. Yeah, that'd be a departure. But I digress. Um shout out to Matt if he's listening. Um so yeah, those are the places you can find us. Check us out. Um if you are listening to us, thank you. Um tell a friend, you know, let them know what we do. Um yeah, that'd be cool, you know. We now have two years worth of podcast. If you listen to one episode a week. That is wild, son. Yeah. That is wild. So, yes, check us out, man. Spread the word. We appreciate it. Most certainly. All right, so we're going to end the show uh, not with an obvious choice for Sam Cooke. <laughs> A change is going to come. That's, that is the, that's the obvious. That, that's the obvious choice. But uh, this is a song that I thought it was I, – I thought he, like, took this song from Chubby Checker. <laughs> But it's basically just his own his own version of the song. So this is uh, Twisting the Night Away. Nice. Get a little something upbeat. 
And uh, we're in the show that way. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll talk to you very, very soon. Peace. Peace. Let me tell you about a place Somewhere up a New York way Where the people are so gay Twisting the night away Here they have a lot of fun Putting trouble on the run Man, you find the old and young Twisting the night away They're twisting, twisting Everybody's feeling great They're twisting, twisting They're twisting the night away Twisting the night away He's dancing with the chicken slacks She's moving up and back Oh man, there ain't nothing like Twisting the night away They're twisting, twisting Everybody's feeling great They're twisting, twisting They're twisting the night away